Merry Cagemas and a Floppy New Year. And welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And over here, it's Elliot Kalen. Uh, By a nose. <laughs> Winner. So here. Paying at- off at odds of 10 to 1, Elliot Kalen. <laughs> so this is the movie house where we review movies. <laughs> no. Just and what, what movie did we review this time? We, re- we reviewed Abduction. <laughs> no. That was the last. That was not last week. It <laughs> was like three episodes <laughs> ago. Was two weeks ago. So <laughs> thanks for knocking on the door of the movie house. You're welcome to enter now. <laughs> You're mixing up some. I don't things. know. I don't know. Let, let's see where this goes. I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'll Have a seat. It. Have a seat. I'll give you a plate full of uh, hot steaming movie nuggets. <laughs> There's nothing in the rule book that says he can't say the wrong name for the for the podcast. <laughs> So this is what I told you would happen if we let Stuart take the reins. Just, just mere sit. anarchy is loosed upon the world. <laughs> yeah, the center, the Stuart cannot hold. <laughs> Stuart slouches <laughs> towards Bethlehem. The Stuart cannot hear the falconer. So I have a seat over there on the movie house couch. <laughs> no, TM registered trademark. So, so what? What podcast is this? If it's not <laughs> this the movie is the house, flop house. Flophouse. It's a, it's a You're right. Bad movie podcast. He's right, everybody. Where we watch a bad movie and then we discuss it. Let's not re- let's watch. Let's reserve judgment. Maybe it's not a bad movie we watched. Mm-hmm. Spoiler probably alert. It spoiler is. alert. It was. Uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. We watched a movie. Hey guys, happy holidays. Hey, now, what is this? The I just t- want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody for coming out to our live screening that we had uh, a little while ago. Because we're certainly show. not recording this before the live screening. No. Shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it went wonderfully. That part and, where Elliot uh, did a handstand and yeah. uh, when Stuart exposed himself to the audience, that was I, weird, <laughs> but it felt right. Yeah, and yeah. when Dan fell asleep on stage and no one noticed, <laughs> that was embarrassing. But anyway, but how about for... when Carl Gugino came out and kissed me right on the face? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's like great. both my fantasies and Elliot's fantasies coming true. Mm-hmm, but just for me, my yeah. fantasy of Elliot kissing somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I am married, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, but wait. Okay, so we watched. But thank you, abduction <laughs> thank you for coming out to our Brat live show. That definitely has happened by the time we were, we're taping this show. But uh, but before that, let's get to uh, what this show is actually about, the movie we watched tonight. Well, what do we do on this show, Dan? We watch okay. a bad movie, and then we discuss it. Oh, you said that already. Okay. <laughs> you uh, made a joke. What's the name of this podcast? <laughs> abduction. <called> plot <laughs> it's called Abduction. <laughs> Usually it takes a little longer for things to break down, but that's fine. No. Well, what movie did we watch tonight? <laughs> Are we just caught in a time loop? So we watched the movie Seeking Justice. Seeking Justice. Seeking Justice. Desperately Seeking Justice. Rated R. <laughs> is playing out Wait, nowhere. Rated R? Yes, it was. It was, it was a rated R. It had a rape scene in it. Of course it was rated R. Okay. There was, people got shot with guns. make a rated R? I think maybe it's the severity of the scene, but I would guess yes. Okay. So it's um, very hard for me to imagine a PG thirteen film that has a rape scene. We in saw it. a partially shirtless Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Partially shirt, like and he was wearing he a was tiny shirt. Yeah, <laughs> no, we only saw like the top of his his bosoms. Yeah. <laughs> so should we talk about what it happens was, in this? It was movie? like he was built with a protractor. That okay. Man. So what did we now, Dan? I believe we're celebrating a very specific holiday with we this are movie. Spe- we are celebrating Cagemas. Happy Cagemas, every mo- everybody. Oh man, what wait. What goes into Cage Miss? Well, well, it's the day we commemorate the birth of our savior, Nicolas Cage, okay. uh, who was born in a manger because mm-hmm. there was no room left in the respectable acting house. <laughs> and it's he was no room left in hell, so the cages watch the walk the earth. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he was born in a cage okay. that he designed himself. Uh, and what happened was there were three wise men who showed up, all of them Nicolas Cage, each crazier than the last. <laughs> Each with different hairlines. Well, they gave him three gifts. They came bearing three gifts. Bad wigs, bad mm-hmm. accents, <laughs> and crazy hand motions. Uh, that's the source of Cagemus's power. Yeah. Wait, his name is Cagemus? <laughs> yeah. So wait, 
Because, you know, Jesus' name is not Christmas. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that why we watched a movie with Nicolas Cage in it? Because it's Cage-miss. Oh, okay. Merry Cage-miss. Did you get me a present? Start, I mean, I uh, give me a minute. <laughs> I got to go through Dan's shit. Elliot gave me a very nice Cage-miss present. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a uh, wig with a pronounced widow's peak. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't see the relationship. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Dan, right Dan gave me bulgy eyes. <laughs> They make your eyes bulge out when you're yelling at stuff. Merry uh, cage, wait, wait, I can play. Uh, and I gave you guys a really funny-looking goatee. Boo. Oh, Dan it's... made a hair joke. <laughs> so uh, we watched a movie called Seeking Justice. Starring Nicolas Cage. Starring Nicolas Cage, January Jones, the unlikely named January Jones. And the even less likely named Guy Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> and yet all those names exist. <laughs> the non-porn actor... <laughs> Guy Pierce, <laughs> um, and it's directed by Roger Donaldson, uh, director of Cocktail. Donald Rogerson. Yeah, no, I mean it could. And Harold like, Perrineau's in the movie. It's one of those switch him up. But he, names. yeah, he directed a number of movies like Cocktail and the remake of The Getaway, but not FX, not FX, and Dante's not FX, The Deadly Art of Illusion, Dante's Peak. A lot of movies that no one has ever asked who directed this. <laughs> Dante's Peak. It really reminds you that. All movies have directors, even the ones where you're like, "Oh, I never <laughs> well, thought or cared about who directed that." He is the very, uh, the very definition of a journeyman director, a man who has directed. He, he shoots each film on a different continent. A man who has directed several. That's the one where the guy jumps pictures, bodies back and forth. But right? you wouldn't be like, "Oh, I got to see the new <laughs> yes. Roger Donaldson movie." Yeah, you'd never, you'd never. Uh, Ever do that? Got that, <laughs> that Roger Donaldson stamp. Francois Truffaut is he, not going to. He's not an auteur. Not going to write a book. Truffaut well, slash I Donaldson. I don't think Truffaut is writing any books. He's been dead for almost thirty years. Uh, well, twenty that, years. Let's say twenty years. I'm just saying, the auteur theory is not necessarily going to be applied to Mr. Donaldson. The but, otter theory. So he's not yes. an otter. <laughs> the Emmett Otter theory. Which is that otters are not a good vehicle for Christmas cheer. No. Happy Cage Miss, everybody. <laughs> so, Seeking Justice, should we talk? It's a Roger Donaldson joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about what happens there. Yeah, let's do it. Nicholas Cage is Will Gerard, a mild mannered English teacher in, I the, don't believe it. in New Orleans. <laughs> I wouldn't either. He has a gross, grimy goatee <laughs> and floppy hair. He looks like a pedophile. He's married which, to January Jones. He's married to January Jones. Who is 20 years younger than him at best. And she's like a Nolan socialite, right? No, she's a cello player. Oh, okay. (laughs) And uh, they are happily in love, which we know because we see them on a date where they go to a Mardi Gras-themed nightclub. Because, hey, you live in New Orleans, what don't you get enough of? Mardi Gras. Yeah, everything's easy in the Big Easy, am I right, guys? (laughs) Actually, many things are hard. They're still rebuilding from the Uh, hurricane. I would guarantee what you just said. (laughs) That's Bam. what they say. Gumby, am I right? <laughs> no. Eat a big steaming bowl of Gumby? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the side Some of kind of pokey. stew made out of clay? I don't understand. So anyway, he's so a mild... He wears ma- a mask. So he's a mild... <laughs> he wears a mask. He's a mask in one, in one scene. So Nicolas Cage is a mild-mannered English teacher. He also likes to play chess. And there's a kid in his class who's a, who's acting up who he tries to give some guidance to. That kid is totally unimportant to the plot. He's a, the kid's a I'm cell phone enthusiast. I'm glad that you're giving him weight in this synopsis. <laughs> and his name is Edwin. And so he's and he's also friends with the school principal, right? Or assistant principal? Yeah, he's friends with the principal, Harold Perrineau, who you may remember from Lost, where he yelled Walt a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's in a bunch of shit. Like, he's in Oz and... Yeah, you know, he's a fine actor. I'm just saying. Most people know him from Lost, where he yelled Walt a lot. Okay. Now, Nicolas Cage is away playing chess mm-hmm. when January Jones, his wife, is, and there's no pretty way to say this, raped by a man wearing snakeskin boots. <laughs> now, it's. We're not saying that Why are you all men that? who wear snakeskin boots are rapists. We're just saying probably. <laughs> and that if you know someone with snakeskin boots or you own snakeskin boots. Lock up your vagina. Or, well. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the or, most insensitive thing I could have said. I'm that, sorry. Uh, one know. of them, yeah. Or lock yourself in a room if you own snakeskin yeah. boots because you're a danger. Uh, like a so, werewolf. Nicholas Cage yeah, goes... Yeah, if you have like a Mr. Hyde episode, put those things on and go <laughs> running wild. Just go to town with your snakeskin boots and you're evil because they go hand in hand. So Nicholas Cage finds her at the hospital. I mean, he's told she's at the hospital. It's not like mm-hmm. he was visiting there and he bumped into her. I mean, yeah. 
and he is distraught. She's all she's been battered. She's been traumatized. Yeah, and by the way, insensitive locking up vagina jokes aside, this is a terrible thing to hinge a stupid, stupid it's thriller on. Really, the movie really like, goes too far in doing like, that to January Jones and leaving her with a really battered face. Yeah, for a she bit. looks horrible, and it's just like, well, I don't think the movie earned this. Like. 15 minutes in at best. If that, it's yeah. really quick in the movie. Uh, and while he's in the waiting room, all by himself and is mm-hmm. lonesome, Guy Pierce walks up to him. and Bald Guy Pierce. Which bald means Guy Pierce. evil Guy Yeah, Pierce. here's the lesson in this movie. Anyone with no hair is evil, <laughs> except his, except for one character. Born out by uh, my experience in life. Uh, okay. <laughs> A lot of evil people in this world. Lex Luthor, Mr. Clean. Uh... <laughs> What is it, Montel Williams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of evil people. This is the, the triumvirate. Yeah. Dr. Michael, Keith Ablow. Dr. Keith Ablow, Michael Chiklis. <laughs> All evil. Um, uh, Christopher Lloyd in the Addams Family movies. <laughs> Not in real life. <laughs> uh, th- that Dr. Freeze guy from that Batman movie. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Freeze. He went back and got his doctorate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Freeze lives in Florida. <laughs> Call me Stanley Freeze. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> the so doctor, and, doctor and Mrs. And Freeze like, would like to invite you to. <laughs> so bald Guy Pierce says to him, hey, look, we know the guy who did this. They never explain how they know the guy who did this. I represent a group that seeks to take care of justice. Mm-hmm. We're seeking justice. We're seeking justice, or as Dan put it, seeking just ice. <laughs> we got everything we need for the party. <laughs> oh, no, the ice. <laughs> Yeah, it's on the Evite. Yeah, they already got their sodas. Bring something. Bring yeah. ice. Their Seeking waters and Kool-Aid. Seeking just ice. And he says, we're part of this group. We will kill this guy for you, but it's implied you're going to owe us a favor. But that we track down men who have committed crimes when the police fail. Mm-hmm. And Nicholas Cage is like, no, no, no. Well, I don't know. And Guy Pierce says, all right, I'm going to give you some totally complicated directions to say whether you're in on this death cult that involves a candy purchase (laughs) yeah if if you want to join this vigilante murder group go to the vending machine and buy two candy bars (laughs) then then we'll specific type of candy the duality of it is uh is telling oh yeah it's man's nature good and evil yin and yang one candy bar he might just be hungry but two (laughs) Two, he's either really hungry or he's really hungry for justice it's the forever bar right Yeah. yeah it's called the forever bar i don't know if that's a real candy bar or not it's possible no candy maker wanted to be associated with murder and vigilante <laughs> the fra- justice. The forever bar from De Beers. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her you'd give her candy all over again. <laughs> so Nicholas Cage makes his decision and he goes to the break room, I guess, and he stands in front of the vending machine and thinks about buying this candy for so long. <laughs> and they're really trying to build suspense out of a man buying candy like from a vending to, machine. Five to ten minutes of milking this candy. There's scene. at least three flashbacks to like. His battered wife. Two minutes ago in the movie when he saw his battered wife. Oh, and I, re- I remember that I love my wife and she got raped. I gotta get these candy bars. No, I mean, but I don't want to kill this they, guy. They almost go as far as to flashback to Guy Pierce telling him to buy the candy bars. <laughs> they don't do that, but you're waiting for it. So eventually, after an agonizing hour, he buys these candy bars and he's contacted by Guy Pierce. All right, we'll take care of it. And some random guy is sent to shoot snakeskin boots in the head. Mm-hmm. And does it. Yeah. Case closed. <laughs> Case closed. End of story, right? Wrong. Because six months later, after January Jones seems to have recovered remarkably well from the trauma of her violent attack, uh, it seems that this group wants Nicolas Cage to repay the favor. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. And they He's get made a, a deal with the devil, if you will. If you will. If the devil is bald Guy Pierce. Huh. And, uh, I mean, I think he'd play a pretty good by that. Yeah. And Guy Pierce gets in touch with Nicolas Cage through some of the most elaborate <laughs> chicanery. Like, for instance, telling that he's at Nicolas Cage at a bar with his wife, January Jones. They're playing pool, like like husband and wives do. Sure. He gets a phone it's call from Guy Pierce that says, "It's me. Tell your wife it's your sister on the phone. Go to a, a go outside now. Go to this pharmacy around the, this drugstore around the corner. <sighs> mm-hmm. I guess a bodega. Go to this bodega. Buy some gum." Then go through the back door. <laughs> he goes through the back door and there's a car with Guy Pierce in it. Yeah. It's like, why did you just tell him over it's the phone? It's like Guy Pierce has a sideline in snack concessions. I think Guy Pierce. <laughs> I think the point of this movie is that 
this vigilante monster gets a commission they, from all yeah, the candy he sells. That's how they fund the operation. <laughs> so for a while in the beginning, you think he might just be a salesman for for forever bars that has a really creative sales campaign, <laughs> which involves staging rapes and then you know offering vigilante justice to the distraught husbands. Now he tells guy he tells Nicholas Cage. We need you to kill this. No, we need you to go to the zoo. No, actually, he doesn't even tell him that. He gives him a letter addressed to Santa Claus, and he says, "Go to the zoo tomorrow at four fifteen and, and mail this letter at the mailbox." Then, when he gets to the zoo, he gets a phone call that says, "You're holding the letter. Open it." He opens it, and there's a picture of a woman and a couple of little girls and a seedy-looking guy and a phone number. It says, "All right, memorize the phone number and those pictures. Buy a ticket to the zoo. Then call me." And he calls him and says, okay, you're going to follow that woman and her daughters. They're at the zoo. And if you see the guy in the picture, you have to call us. And he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't see the guy in the picture. Instead, he watches a show about elephants. <laughs> where they introduce, which, I mean, come on, where they introduce elephants and tell everyone their age and weight, which is the rudest thing you can do. <laughs> come on. They're lady elephants. And they'll remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Elephant joke. All right. So he doesn't see him. But eventually he does. Long story short, uh, Nicolas Cage is told to kill this guy. He's told, this guy is a pedophile. Yeah. You, we're going to seek justice. You murder him because you owe us because we killed the man <laughs> who mean, attacked your wife. I mean, long story short, but you're glossing over the fact that he he's convinced to kill this man by the implicit threat to his wife, January Jones, which is spelled out literally by uh, people breaking into his house a couple times and rearranging the, uh, the magnets, the on magnet his letters on his fridge to say the word choose. Mm, yeah, suspicious. Choose your love for your wife. I like to think that January Jones morals. was changing those letters. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to remind herself to choose something. <laughs> yeah. Choose life. Choose a job. Etc. Is that train spotting? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's as true now as it was then. So <laughs> he pushes it's... some turd off a bridge. <laughs> the got, so he, go, he takes a bus to an overpass, and the pedophile shows up with a bicycle. And uh, Nicholas Cage says, hey, I got to talk to you. The guy throws his bike at Nicholas Cage. There's a brief struggle, and the guy falls off the overpass into traffic and gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Nicholas Cage didn't murder him. But he's dead now. Yeah. And but he gets credit for it. With the organization. With the organization. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And then... Uh, that credit can be turned in for, you know, yeah. like prizes or... Yeah, coffee. <laughs> pogs. Gift certificates for local retailers. <laughs> I'll take the pogs over the, those gift certificates. <laughs> really? Because they're worthless. <laughs> pogs have a lot more. It's the personal touch. <laughs> personal. I don't know about that. I mean... The collector's item. Oh, also, we should have mentioned that there's a code phrase for the organization, which is the hungry rabbit jumps. Why would yeah. we mention that? Because, the, I don't know, it's stupid. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Pete, we, the phrase the hungry rabbit jumps is said like a billion times in the movie. Well, it sticks with you after the movie. It, yeah. it haunts your dreams. Mm-hmm. Point is, the guy, uh, Nicholas Cage, <clears throat> kills this man. Or kind of. He's around while the guy dies. It's, I, at best, it's accidental manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's pulled in by the cops by two cops uh, because they have uh, a camera on part of the overpass to show that Nicolas Cage was there when the man was killed. But yeah. the camera that was pointed at the underpass that could have proved his innocence. The tape is missing. Oh, but they God. also found on the phone of the guy who was killed video of Nicolas Cage at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Seems like this guy was following Nick Cage. What was that all about? And they learned that his name was different than the name that he was told, and also that the man who died was a an investigative reporter. Not oh, a pedophile. Man. Well, no, they, we don't know that. He, he could have been a pedophile. He could have been a pedophile, but we know that he was an investigative reporter now. We know he's an investigative reporter. We learn later he's got a boat. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all signs point to not pedophile. <laughs> he could have investigated, you know, what kids are like when you get them on a boat, but uh, probably not. Now... One now, there's a local the police lieutenant sergeant. I don't remember yeah, a higher ranking policeman, Lieutenant Durgan. Lieutenant Durgan. Mm-hmm. We, we never learned his first Tyler name. Tyler Durgan. Even when he's interviewed on television on the news, his Dirty Chiron Durgan, just sure. says Lieutenant Durgan. <laughs> <laughs> you think his first name was Durgan? Dirty Durgan. Yeah. Dirty Durgan. That's been so hard to grow up as a kid with the name Double Dirty. D, they call yeah. him. Well, it's the South. Um, so they find out this dude, like, that they well, set Durgan up comes and fight, in. he fights this organization. Durgan comes in and says to him, gives him a test, a word association test, and the last answer is the Hungry Rabbit jumps. 
Durgan's part of the group. He unlocks Nicolas Cage's handcuffs and says, you got to get out of here because those are guys are going to try to kill you. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage leaves. Sure enough, the bad guys chase him, and there's an exciting chase across, I think, the same highway overpass we saw earlier because there's not that many locations in this you movie. You say exciting, ironically, but it is actually the most exciting part of the movie. Well, yeah, a guy gets run over by a car. It's, it's, it was pretty it's great. It's well Like, Nicolas Cage almost gets uh, killed by a jackknifing truck. Like, it, you know, four action that ja- The part where the, this, this short truck with a back loaded full of stuff swir- like swings around and almost hits Nicolas Cage, and it does look like Nicolas Cage or his stuntman was almost smacked in the it face by a truck. It seems genuinely exciting for a few seconds. It looks like it gives him a little tap on the behind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like, it's the truck is sexually harassing yeah, him? It's like, yeah, it's hey, like, hey, good sweet, job, dude. Sweet made booty, Nicolas this- Cage. <laughs> hey, back that sugar up here, <laughs> Nick Cage. <laughs> So yeah, he so escapes anyway, from the bad he guys. He escapes from the army of bald vigilantes who are after him. <laughs> uh, army of two, basically three. And I forgot to mention that he also goes to a uh, a funeral for the reporter who died and finds out that he was a real reporter who is dead now. There's yeah. not really he doesn't learn much while he's there actually. And he knows that the reporter was researching the organization that he's tied to. Yeah, that he's been spreading tales about a, a vigilante organization, but his tales research was clips. hidden. No. Oh. Tales from, Tales the, from the Dark Side, perhaps. But uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. That's the one with Buster Poindexter, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I think it's Sonic and Tails. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so anyway, Saint long Genesis. story short, Nicolas Cage decides to turn the tables on his erstwhile kid captors. Mm-hmm. Kid captors? <laughs> <laughs> they want to catch that kid. Uh, and he does some investment. They want to bag that bird? They want to bag that bird, catch that kid, and uh, cage that cage, all those things. And he does some uh, amateur snoop, sleuthing, okay. snooping around, and uh, finds out that the – he finds the reporter's notes, basically. Like, he goes mm-hmm. to the reporter's desk. He finds a receipt that leads him to a gas station where okay. he bribes his way into learning that the reporter had a boat, and that's very easy to break into the, the boat storage, and he opens up a thing, a drawer on the boat, and there's a locked box inside, and inside the box are his notes. And the DV oh, and the DV the trail of breadcrumbs all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah, that's, and the DVD inside that has some evidence that other people are involved in this organization. And uh, he also explains what the hug, it explains what the phrase "the hungry rabbit jumps" means, but it's so stupid it's not worth getting into. Yeah, it's like a fucking <laughs> acrostic or something. Here. Yeah. So Nicolas Cage sets up a trap to trap the trappers and tells Guy mm-hmm. Pierce. Looks like the trappers are the ones who are about to get trapped. <laughs> Looks like this trapper is a keeper. <laughs> no, I like that too. Yep. Uh, it looks like Nicolas Cage is about to put his enemies in a cage. Oh wait, hold on. Yeah, that's not. Very I'm going to give you one more. Give it no, one wait. more try. It's like the bad guys are about to be served a cage. <laughs> no, give me one. Give me one more try. Maybe the bald guys are going to wish they weren't in a cage. <laughs> no, I think cage is, is a dead end. It's leading you down the wrong way. Okay, well, I'll write, I'll write something up. Put it up on the Facebook page or some shit. <laughs> it sounds good. Uh, so anyway, he, kids like he tells Guy Pierce, go to uh, whatever that stadium is that they have there. Yeah, some bullshit The stadium. monster truck Whatever. Place, right? And yeah, there's a monster truck rally. Buy a ticket, go to that seat, then sit there, then come find me. Go to the bathroom, then buy a hot dog. <laughs> like, he gives him the same kind of bullshit d- instructions. And this was literally, for me, my favorite part of the movie. Because <laughs> Nicolas Cage was not only getting back at him, he was getting back at him in the pettiest way possible <laughs> by putting him through the dumbest hoops. Like, I wish him just, like, bent down and t- untie his shoe. Okay, tie it again. All right, look underneath that garbage can. There's nothing there. Go back over that way. Okay, look in here. Open that window. Throw a cigarette out of it. You're going to have to go buy a cigarette. Throw a cigarette out. Okay, <laughs> turn around. I'm right here. <laughs> but uh, instead, they, they decide they're going to swap stuff. Uh, Nicholas Cage has evidence. An amicable breakup. Yeah, it's going to be an amicable <laughs> yeah, breakup between sure. between mild-mannered so, Nicolas so Cage and afterwards. Guy Pierce, the head of the vigilante group. <laughs> oh, and it turns out also that we, we skipped a part that his friend, the principal of the school, yeah, Harold Perrineau, yeah. is also involved in this vigilante oh, group. No. Oh, no. Oh, you, would, oh. you would never have suspected it by the fact that he's a recognizable face who's in the movie for no other reason. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, doctor. <laughs> and then a guy shows up and is going to try to kill Nicolas Cage and goes, you dirty pedophile. And Nicolas Cage throws him off guard by telling him the, hum- the, him the hungry rabbit thing. And it turns out 
that's just how this this group gets rid of the people who are causing it trouble. They label them pedophiles and have them killed. Yeah. So anyway, Guy Pierce says, we won't make the swap here. We both got evidence the other one needs. I have the evidence that proves your innocence. You have the evidence about my vigilante cult. You know and what? you have my – wait, and the, they have his wife too, right? Oh, also they kidnapped January Jones. She's so boring I forgot. Uh, then literally he goes, we won't do it here. We'll go to the abandoned mall next door. <laughs> and they go to this abandoned mall and it looks like a zombie attack went through it. There's like papers and shit all over the floors. It's There's police tape across everything. Everything uh, – otherwise it looks like a normal mall. Yeah, it looks like they wandered into like they just finished shooting Dawn of the Dead or something like that there. Anywho, things go bad fast. Guy Pierce has a gun to January Jones's head, a gun to Nicholas Cage's head, with his henchman, that is. Mm-hmm. And he says, I can't let you guys go. You know too much. It's an old-fashioned Mexican standoff. Or It's maybe? a migrant worker standoff. I'm oh, sorry. No, there's no Mexican standoff aspect to it. Because yeah, I mean, Nicholas it's just Cage a bunch of bald guys, right? I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> and Nicholas Cage's friend is there and goes, wait, no, we're not killing innocent people. Shoots... Guy one, Pete shoots one bald guy. the bad guy. He Not gets Guy Pierce, no, shoots, the other bald shoots guy. another bald guy. He gets shot. When I said bad guy, I meant to say bald guy. Okay. Guy Pierce yeah. and Nicholas Cage fight it out a little bit. It's a very anti-bald movie. And just as Nick and they literally pull the thing where Guy Pierce is about to kill Nicholas Cage, you hear a gunshot, and then you see that Guy Pierce is the one who's gotten shot. Because mm-hmm. January Jones, who earlier in the movie bought a gun, a thing that I remember seeing for the first time in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, what is that like? What forty years ago now? What a gun! No, it's like the idea, like the like. I'm the, like, old man Dan. Gather around, I'll tell you stories about Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, like the idea, like it was thirty years ago. Thirty years ago, but like you hear a gunshot, and then like, oh, and then the bad the, guy falls yeah, over because someone else shot him. And it's and weird enough, it is Marion Ravenwood who who has killed the bad guy in this movie too, right? Yeah. What? No. Uh, it turns out January Jones shot him. You got him really him. excited for two seconds. They go to... Uh, yeah, I would be excited Mar- Marion Raven and shit up in this movie. So Nicolas Cage has... Like, a, <laughs> like that's what happened after you know like her adventure with Indiana Jones. She just turned into like a freelance uh, adventurer. Freelance saving people at the last minute by shooting the bad guy when you think the good guy's going to get shot specialist. That's my I job. Think, I think you're going to accidentally shoot a lot of good guys in that profession. Yeah, that comes with the territory, you know? Yeah, sure. You take the bad, you take the risk. She shoots it and she's like, uh, I, I'll take a grand. That's uh, my fee. What, like a hundred grand candy bar? Or like yeah. a grand piano? The yep. Grand Canyon? Both. That's not owned by anyone. It's owned by all Americans. A DVD oh, copy a... of the of the movie Grand Canyon? <laughs> I have a candy bar, a piano, and a DVD, please. <laughs> and a canyon. <laughs> so She's everything's, everything's fine. Everything's fine in the end. Nicolas Cage goes to one of the other reporters from the reporter's wake and hands him his notes and say, here are his notes. He was just scratching the service, but someone should look into this. And the, and the other reporter walks away and he goes, hey, the hungry rabbit jumps, right? And then oh, gives him a blood. sly look as he takes the escalator back up to his office. So it's and like Nicolas he's trapped Cage, inside a fucking mirror the whole And time. it's like Nicolas Cage's <laughs> mid-oh shit when yeah. the credits roll. And then, uh, Seeking justice! Justice now. must be sought! Oh, wow, justice cannot be bought! Seek it! Seek it out! Seek it! Shout! Seek it! Justice! So the mo- the Seek movie, it over there! Uh, Justice wait, was a I'm, young I'm girl. Make, didn't know wait, the world no, was evil. Justice was a young girl. A girl in trouble and in something. Justice like, got a gun. Wait. <laughs> Justice got a gun. <laughs> we didn't start the justice. Or she said we didn't seek the justice. So, uh, yeah, so anti-bald... <laughs> Pro candy. And also pro phone. Yeah, pro or con cell phone. In the movie, everything bad happens when you don't have access to your phone, and only pictures on your phone can be used to communicate at certain times. (laughs) There's a lot of... Or serve as evidence of either maldoing or the kidnapping of a wife. Or non-maldoing. Is the thing that saves you in the end. The phone. (laughs) <laughs> but I, mean, what, I think that's what Alexander Graham Bell said when he invented it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all bad. We got to see some monster trucks. Uh, <laughs> we did mm, briefly see some. Uh, <laughs> I liked uh, the shots of Nolans. No, yeah, this it was uh, took me back to the time we watched Twelve, 12 Rounds, rounds starring yeah. John Cena. It was like a Twelve Rounds union. <laughs> I enjoyed the brief uh, chase scene on the highway. You know, Guy um, Pierce was in the movie. Guy Pierce <laughs> was in it, and I like him. Uh, Nicholas Cage, I literally 
slept walked through the movie. I think he was sleeping with his eyes open through most of the movie. I like the nice goatee though. I like terrible goatee. I like the one scene. It looked like mold on his face. (laughs) The scene where he he goes to see his wife in the hospital, and he, you know, he's obviously moved, and he needs. He asks the nurses and everybody to leave. And that's the one moment where he says, y'all, like he is the actors like, this is the time I really need to make sure everybody understands that I'm from New Orleans is <laughs> by saying y'all. Um, First, listen, wasn't he in New Orleans in that movie? Was it Zandalay? Uh, and and Zandal- in Zandalee. Bad, bad and with, well, uh, and of course with, with Judge Reinhold. Yeah, but in Zandalee, he's got this crazy over the top accent. Of course, but you're right. That he, Nicolas Cage has a full filmography of New Orleans movies now, although whereas Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans is a genuinely great, crazy movie. Mm-hmm. It This is a really generic, boring... It's a movie that's so generic that at times it feels like you're watching a template that's handed to people to, for making movies where it's like, fill in, the extra, fill in the details yourself. Have a good time, you know. But they just didn't do that. It's just, I think it's my, just generic. I think my favorite stuff in this movie, like we talk about this while we're watching it, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that it, it just feels like, the director or the writer or someone is like, this is the sort of scene that's in a thriller. <laughs> so we need to put it in this movie whether or not it makes sense. And that is exemplified, I think, at its best with the scene where uh, Nicolas Cage, to make the decision to kill this guy, has to buy two of these forever bars. <laughs> and it's just like, You're right, because a lot of thriller movies have scenes where people buy candy from vending like, machines. But they milk, I agree. They milk the idea of him... They milk chocolate, the idea <laughs> of him. Of him buying these two bars from this vending machine so much. And it's like Guy Pierce had talked to him just moments before. Like, Nicolas Cage could have said, like, yeah, you know what? Kill that motherfucker. But, like, it's like, no, like... Okay, if you're interested in killing this guy, go and buy two of this type of candy bars. And so he goes and he like puts in the first dollar. He buys the candy bar. He looks around. He sees like the like the guy looking at him. He sees the security guard looking at him. He gets all creeped out. And yeah. then he's like he pushes in the second dollar. He puts in like the first two uh, numbers that would go like he's like one one. And then pauses before he enters the six that buys the because that's when he dances slow motion with like a exploding sound as he pushes it. Why the fuck did Guy Pierce tell him that he had to go buy two of these candy bars? Because that's the signal. We talked about that. That's the signal, and he's also a candy bar salesman. (laughs) But that's like I think that that exemplifies the type of movie this is, where it's just like two candy bars, twice the commission, and 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 candy bars. You know where else you might see a lot of bars. In a prison. Oh, think about that. That one. deserves a high five. Boom. Boom. Yeah, you're right, guys. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, but you're right. There's <laughs> a lot brilliant. of scenes where characters do what what a character in a movie thriller might do, but it doesn't even make sense necessarily no, for that no to do that in this that movie. Well, it's like Nicolas Cage to get information about the reporter goes to the reporter's wake, and I guess he picks up the reporter's ID badge, which he never really uses. Uh, nope. He like it's he goes to the reporter's desk and I guess maybe he needs the ID badge to get open the desk I don't know but he when he's talking to the other reporters to get information from them he doesn't really get any information he doesn't already have like there's no point to that scene except to show that there are other reporters in New Orleans I guess or or you point out the scene where he's like ransacking the reporter's desk and one of the reporter's coworkers interacts with him and then afterwards, that coworker's suspicious because fucking Nicolas Cage looks like a crazy person. <laughs> and she goes to like her coworkers. She goes to the security guard. And she's like, hey, there's somebody going through dead guy's desk. And that's the last we hear. And, of then, it. and then they look at the security camera and she goes, he was there a minute ago. Oh, Cut man, to he died Nicholas- 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to Nicolas Cage just, just walking down the, the street. The story of the homeless ghost. <laughs> like, why bother to have someone see him and catch, almost catch him if. He's gonna get away that easily. Like it's it's so lazy. It's maybe a lazy it's a, movie. Maybe it's the show that he's he's just like that. He's so talented at deception. But he's, he's an English to... teacher. Oh, it's also one of those movies where a character is supposed to be an everyman who's taken out of his element, but he is instantly in his element. No, we... Like I was waiting for the moment which revealed Nicolas Cage is a sleeper agent, brainwashed to think he's an English teacher, but actually he's like a super assassin or something. Well, we've already talked about the long like... kiss, good night. I mean, the long cage, good night. <laughs> the long kiss, good cage. <laughs> With, with the Mary candy Cage bar, with the candy bar thing, we've already talked about. Let how, it like, go. 
No, but we've already talked about how <laughs> sometimes you got to steal a contract through, with candy. <laughs> they go through all this like rigmarole to like connect up with Cage, and we we talked about the it adds, also a, the, it adds a little bit of sweetness to what would otherwise be a sour situation. High five. <laughs> we also talked about the the gum thing, where it's just like, okay, go outside, take this phone call, now go into the other room, buy some gum, and then come back out. Like, why add that buying some gum step in the middle of everything? Yeah, it's totally unnecessary. Like the whole, the whole. There's a, lot it's a of shell pad- game, dude. There's a lot of padding in this movie. The it's whole a shell game premise of this movie seems weirdly suspect. Like. You understand the idea of like uh, a stranger on a crane uh, on a train situation, where it's like, all right, Chris strangers Cross. on a crane. <laughs> and as that yeah. like two guys who don't or two don't guys usually who work, work on a crane, <laughs> they don't usually work with each other. <laughs> it's a new guy at a construction site. Yeah. Uh, no, but the strangers on a train situation, where it's strangers like, on a Fraser crane. <laughs> I'll kill your Chris Cross. You'll kill my person, Chris Cross. There's no motive. Like the, the the thing is with like this whole secret society thing, like there's no motive for anyone. If they form a secret society, they can just kill with impunity because they have no connection to these murders anyway. They don't need to like. Well, the other but other here's here's the other thing society. is it's a secret society yeah. made up of bald henchmen who are thugs who kill people. Yeah, and it's something that. Uh, on Matt Bird's excellent website, uh, Cockeyed Caravan, he talks about yeah, how... look it up. Cockeyedcaravan.blogspot.com He has that, how there are a lot of movies where an ordinary guy is blackmailed into committing a crime, mm-hmm. but he's inept at it and has no experience at it, and the bad guy who blackmails him could just do it himself yeah, much he's easier. He's like a super criminal. Yeah, <laughs> and so in this one, it's like Guy Pierce has a bunch of thugs with him. There doesn't seem to be any ulterior motive other than like this crazy idea of justice why doesn't he and his thugs just do it yeah it's just making it harder for themselves if they're getting random people to do the murders because then they've got these wild cards running around yeah and then they got to kill them off uh, they got to frame them for a murder and kill it's them like off. a chain letter it never ends it's like a it's like a, <laughs> it's it's, a bad Ponzi it's scheme. a bad vigilante pyramid scheme <laughs> And also, like, what's the need of what's the need for deception? Because anytime there's any kind of actual like evidence that there's wrongdoing, they're so well connected that like they can just brush it all under the that's true. Rug. They have like, connections in the who police. Who cares connections if he in just the press. wanders over to the car and talks to Guy Pierce? Like, why does he have to buy the fuck? Like, pretend like he's in the store for a reason? Because <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Because yeah. if they tell the police, the police is like, "Oh yeah, sure, a hungry rabbit jumps, dude." <laughs> It's true. I was kind of waiting for the moment where Nicolas Cage brings this information to the president, and the president <laughs> says the hungry rabbit jumps to Congress, and everyone in Congress is like, "Yeah, yeah that's they, right." They put their finger on their nose, and, and then like, yeah. everyone in America watching this on television goes, "Yep, hungry rabbit jumps, all right." Like everyone is in and on then it except for Nick in Cage. Outer space do it, and they go, "Gleep, glorp, clap, jumps." Yeah. <laughs> the hungry that's, rabbit that's, jumps, that's, gleep, glorp. Yeah, that's how you say it, <laughs> Say gleep, glorp, clap. So I think that we've come to the point where we uh, make our final judgments on this film, whether it's a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie we kind of liked. What do you say, Elliot? I will say it's a bad, bad movie because it just never reaches the craziness necessary for a good, bad movie, even though it does have Guy Pierce telling Nicolas Cage there's a mailbox at the zoo, <laughs> as, if that's a, as if that's like a scary thing. But uh, it's... <clears throat> I would say I would say bad bad. And not as bad as as we've seen certainly, yeah. but not doesn't rise to good bad and I didn't kind of like it. What do you say Stu Rat? Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you. I mean, there's moments that are fun to talk about and, you know, I had a great time watching it with my two pals over here. You know what, if I'm watching wait, it with wait, Dan wait, and Stuart. Uh you, uh you Lulu and oh, that's three pals. And, and me, right? And yeah, me. And Elliot, I guess. That's three pals. The I mean the big thing is, anytime you have Nicolas Cage in a movie, you're really hoping you get a crazy cage. Oh, yeah. Not like this, like kind of the sad, drive angry 3D Nicolas Cage. Or like cage. the, the uh, Bangkok Dangerous Nicolas Cage, yeah. where he's just oh, kind of so a, a mannequin, you know? Like, I want a crazy cage. I want a spirit of vengeance. Well, that's why if, you're, if you are thinking about watching uh, Seeking Justice, don't. Go see Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which is... Total yeah, crazy see it at your local multiplex. <laughs> total craziness made by a good director. Yeah, that's true. Direct made by a good director Not who is also crazy. Donald yeah. Rogerson. Well, here's the like Don, Roger Donaldson. I I will give it a marginal mm, rated R. <laughs> I'll give it a. I'll give this one a marginal good bad, just because like I don't know. There's some part part of me that like sees this movie. And it triggers a nostalgic memory of better 
stupid thrillers from the late 80s, early it 90s. It does feel like a throwback movie. It and do, I it, kind of enjoy that. That's what I would say about this. If you're tired of watching, like, I don't know, like what kind of movie would you would you compare this to? Like Nick of Time or something like that, or uh... sure, Showgirls. Uh, <laughs> no, let's see. Right. Uh, it's not at all like Showgirls. Like or like I think you mentioned the Net earlier, Stuart. F- FX Two. Like if you're tired, if you're tired of watching the Net or like Murder at sixteen hundred, mm-hmm. then go ahead and watch Seeking Justice. Yeah, Fast and Fifty Seven. Yeah, Fast and Fifty Seven. Uh, Absolute Power. Oh yeah, so, Rising Sun. Um... <laughs> We're moving on so to the like next sexual segment. thrillers. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Of this yep. uh, bad movie podcast. Disclosure. The Flophouse Movie Mailbag, everyone. Oh, okay, that's cool. What do we do here? And this one I is... believe we read some letters, give some answers, have some feelings. Let's be go. friends. Go Flophouse Mailbag time. It's time for pals to read letters from pals who send letters to pals <laughs> at the Flophouse. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this letter is titled... He's choked up. Attention, <laughs> cool Uncle Stu. Uh, <laughs> okay. Wow, you're already old enough to be an uncle. It's, uh, used news, to be, news to me. He used to be cool dropout Stu who still hangs out at the high school. Yeah. Care of the bastard son of Professor Frank and the Crypt, Crypt, Crypt Keeper, or maybe Dan McCoy. What a real tongue twister, huh? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Long time, first time, dudes... Uh, He's so a long-time first-time Speaking my language. <laughs> I was having some minor problems streaming the Ask Cancer episode and found myself It was called brief, Little Bit of Heaven. Found myself with a brief I would prefer this, your problem. Like, I'd prefer this not be referred to as the January Jones rape episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call the movies by their names, not by the most offensive thing about them. Found myself with a brief interruption in the show while you're all debating the merits of and gender bias relating to front and rear orifices <laughs> during the pause i started thinking to myself the plural of orifice is probably going to be cleverly misstated in a moment maybe followed by a laugh em up about it being a character from olympus after dark or something not to be disappointed dan al- almost immediately stuttered the non-word <laughs> orifices and i was delighted to see that after a brief reference to ancient Greece by Elliot, of course, <laughs> the riffing veered unexpectedly toward the plot of the Matrix. <laughs> Hopefully that wasn't buried too deeply in pop culture references for the simple folk at the AV Club. Parentheses, whoa, whoa. hold for Stewart to say, burn, or something similar, but totally awesome. Um, z- wait, no, fuck shit. Uh, give me a second. <laughs> so uh, you're unprepared. Stick a fork in them, they're done. <laughs> The AV Club has been very good yeah, to us. Yeah, they've been very nice I don't know to why us. the unnecessary attack on the, yeah. a- on the oh. AV Club. They've been oh, very yeah. nice to us. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Or as they're known, the Avid Vegetarian Club. <laughs> right? That's what it's about? <laughs> yeah. Seriously, just wanted to say you guys are hilarious. I'm indebted to you for several excellent movie recommendations. And for being my number one work-study <laughs> distraction, narrowly edging out the Duck Universe page on Wikipedia, Edward, last name withheld, P.S., Comic book authors drool, obnoxious sports trivial ombudsman rule, free David Kalen. No, he will remain in jail. He'll remain in dungeon with an iron mask over his face that keeps him from seeing football. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... You had some trouble you. reading that one, Dan. Are you okay? Yeah, you, what's going on, Look, buddy? it's, uh... Were you bitten by a snake or something? <laughs> right a, on the tongue. <laughs> Why are you French kissing a snake, Dan? <laughs> their tongues are not satisfying. They're very and thin and, and whip-like. Their cold. Yeah. I think, I think it's uh, well documented that I have a trouble uh, reading letters off of my uh, iPad. Did you? Were you trying to steal a vole from the mouth of a snake? <laughs> <laughs> so you just grabbed at it with your mouth and you got bit? I think that's the only times voles are interacted with in the world is when <laughs> snakes kill them. Yeah. Otherwise, they're loners. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> This is titled. Well, thanks for the letter. What was his What was his name I last night? Well, thanks for the letter. Last guy who wrote in. <laughs> We're glad you enjoyed the show and uh, that it keeps you away from the Duck Universe page. This is titled "Total Recall Through the Flophouse Synopsis." Okay. Dear floppers, I've only been listening to the podcast for about a year. I'm not sure why it took me so long to become a regular. I've grown to love. Hey, man, I still haven't read uh, Proust, and that's been around for like a hundred years or something. Proust, come on. I've grown to love, nay, rely on Elliot's synopsis of each film. 
You see, as a bad movie lover myself, I've seen quite a few of these entries. The problem is I usually watch them with a head full of bullet bourbon to ease the pain. And I don't, I don't remember stuff. the endings due to mild drunkenness or falling asleep after a long day. Uh, thanks for filling me on the endings to In Time, Conan the Barbarian, Season of the Witch, and Red Riding Hood. I look forward to being reminded of the endings of Solomon <sighs> Kane, The Raven, and maybe even John Carpenter's The Ward, which I'm watching right now. Man, I wish I could remember the ending of Space Jail, which I know Stuart recommended a few weeks back. Also, the realization awesome. of the Stuart... It's a great ending, it's amazing. too. Also, the realization of the Stuart... Out. <laughs> Seth right out of your mouth. <laughs> Jekyll Hyde theory has me revisiting college conversations with Stuart. A twist... Whoa. Where we discussed how KMFDM pretty much sucked, but were kind of awesome. Only this time what? I'm talking to the more famous one of the two. Keep it up, gents. Jim Strayer, last name not withheld. Whoa! And what's weird is I talked to him in person the other day, and he didn't mention they wrote the Flophouse. No, he was KMFDM. It's a it's a like a rock band. Mm-hmm. I don't know them. They do and rock and roll music. Do the industrials? Industrial like like the Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Oh, like those nails you buy at hardware stores. Yeah. So that was a that was a Flophouse fan letter from a real Flophouse friend. Yeah. I don't know him. But you guys do. Sometimes flop Flophouse fans become friends. And vice versa. Oh, that rarely happens. <laughs> uh this is titled That was a good twist, by the way. Real M night Shyamalan Yeah, Real O Henry here. stuff, yeah. <laughs> Turned out he was dead the whole time or something. <laughs> this is titled Will Our Prayers Be Finally Answered? Dear Flop Sensations, given the fact that Disney now owns the rights to most Marvel properties... Yeah, tell me about it. ...and the fact that the very ambitious crossover superhero movie The Avengers was a huge box office hit... Basically, all Disney needs to buy now is Nintendo and Ninja Turtles, and they'll have my whole childhood. <laughs> and now they have Star Wars also, so... Will we finally get the DuckTales slash Howard the Duck mashup movie we've craved for so long? Howard the DuckTales? Maybe. <laughs> If so, what storyline would Emmy Award-winning Dan McCoy and Elliot Kalin and Golden Demon-winning <laughs> Stuart I Wellington... Know. I, I know that's unofficial. <laughs> ...craft for this dream project? Thanks for all the laughs. Catch you on the flop side. Stefan, last name withheld. P.S. Is The Dark Knight Rises Bane the most famous Jewish Scotsman since Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> Wait, whoa, just because he's stingy, he's Jewish? <laughs> That is offensive. <laughs> Incredibly offensive. There is a Jewish community in Scotland, though. Still, totally offensive. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because I we were doing. Duck was a Jewish name. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Duckowitz is a Jewish name. <laughs> yeah, we were doing a lot of Bane voice earlier. Uh, uh, so, Howard the Ducktales. Uh, all I know is. Probably it, involves duck boobs or something. There's going to be a scene where Howard know. the Duck gives Huey, Dewey, and Louie their first taste of booze. Because, like, Uncle Donald tells Howard to watch them or something, while Uncle Donald goes down through a cave in a mummy's tomb or something. Uh, What else would happen? Obviously, Howard's going to have to end up in Duckburg, but that could just be another town on the planet he lives on. That's easy. Yeah, come on. Uh, The real question is, how does Beverly, Howard the Duck's girlfriend, get there? Yep. And magic why? of the spell fucking casts a riddle magic <laughs> fucking <laughs> And I assume she something. sleeps with Scrooge at some point? Of course she does. To get into his will? Yeah, and to get the number one dime. You don't think that Fletthard <laughs> Glomgold is like... Of course he's going to be in it. Hey, yeah. Beverly. I'm, you know, I'm just as good as Howard. Come and on. you know that Howard's going to accidentally get into the Gizmoduck armor. It's going to be amazing. Now, how do we get Darkwing into this? Uh, easily. You write him into the script. <laughs> well, that, that does seem pretty easy now that I think about it. Don't know why I didn't That's think of that. secret. <laughs> Plan... Oh, I broke Dan. I broke Dan. Oh, I'm no. really more interested in, in trying to get this DuckTales Duck Dynasty crossover <laughs> off the ground. DuckTales Dynasty. Oh, that's sad. Um, well, not DuckTales and Dynasty. That would do. That's different. Okay, so who shot J.R. Duck? Would <laughs> that's <not>. Dallas. <laughs> I didn't watch that shit. So what's next? Uh, this is from Pat, last name withheld. Uh, he says... His, his email is titled, Full of Shame and Loathing. So it's it, about you, Dan. It says, I have two unfortunate stories that seem appropriate to relay to those unfortunate souls. Yeah, because this is what, the story house? Who have actually paid for and own the movies that have been discussed on this podcast. Oh, okay. I'd like to hear the that. The first story Wait, begins... They paid for the making of them? 
Okay. Yeah, continue. yeah, the producers. <laughs> the first story begins on a normal night, much like tonight. Well, you don't know. I mean, this is not going to be This crazy. night's fucking weird. This night's different from all other nights. Normally, we sit up or we recline. Tonight, we only recline. Normally, we leavened or unleavened bread. Tonight, only unleavened bread. Mm-hmm. Usually, on, any, on a regular night, we can dip any number of times. But tonight, we dip a certain number of times. <laughs> and I don't remember the other one. <laughs> Thank you, our Jewish friend. Anyway, my father and Scottish I... Scottish were... Jewish friends. <laughs> my father and I were quite bored, so we decided it would be a good idea to make a trip to the store to pick a moon pick up a movie. <laughs> we narrowed down our choice to the comedy genre and we set out to find a suitable movie. As we looked through the shelves, we could not find any <laughs> so movie ambiguous this that was to our liking. <laughs> then, like a voice from the heavens, a bolt of lightning from the sky, our eyes landed upon it. The beloved classic from the noted auteurs Friedberg and Setzer, Meet the Spartans. We picked up our find, <laughs> paid, and left to go laugh so hard <laughs> that it would retroactively avoid award Meet the Spartans the Oscar for Best Movie Ever. For most laughing. <laughs> Suffice uh, it to say... Little did they know that the movie was made with a strange non-Euclidean geometry <laughs> that would drive them insane. <laughs> when the movie ended, we looked at each other and tried to convince ourselves that we would have been better off taking our money and giving it to someone to stab us in the eyes many, many times. I could have told you that. <laughs> My second story is unfortunately just as bad. As I have gotten older... <laughs> we forgot we had seen Meet the Spartans, and we rented it again. <laughs> as I have gotten older, my family has realized the best Christmas gifts to purchase for me are DVDs. So one Christmas, my grandmother hands me a present that is obviously a DVD of some sort. As I prepared to open it, tore the package open. <laughs> Wondering what treasures might be inside, perhaps a Blu-ray of my favorite film. Upon what did my wandering eyes alight? <laughs> Which entry from the Criterion's collection would would be inside? You're very close. Beneath the thin wrappage, <laughs> my mind began to go through the many possibilities <laughs> that waited underneath the wrapping paper. To my horror. As I ripped open the final piece of wrapping paper, my eyes landed on the one movie I was not expecting. Castle Freak. The Love Guru. Uh, I then proceeded to explain to my grandfather, grandmother rather, that this DVD should be burned immediately like one of the creatures from the thing. It's still your grandmother. Just say thank you. Come on. Then burn it later. Then comes a twist in the story that not even M. Night Shyamalan could have seen coming. The next Christmas comes around. Grandma never bought you that And gift. once again, my grandma has purchased me what appears to be a DVD. I look at it Better and be the love guru again. last year's nightmare as I began to open the gift. What came next was one of the biggest shops in my entire life. The gift was another copy of the love guru. <laughs> yeah. Except a deluxe version with special features. Because she knows you liked it so much. <laughs> and then had a long discussion totally with my grandmother, <laughs> explaining to her that she should probably stop buying me presents in the future. Whoa. Come on. Okay, Come that is on. ungrateful. What a burn. Yeah. Ungrateful. Sure, we can't all get great DVDs as presents, like how for my birthday, Stuart gave me a copy of Young Einstein. But still. <laughs> this reminds me, like... I genuinely... It was like, either that or Blue Valentine, dude. Those were all the <laughs> movies that the fucking gas station had. <laughs> what a weird selection. I genuinely, like, uh... I... What? I genuinely... Like, this is one of the, like, saddest things in my mind. Go on. Seriously? Getting a bad DVD as a gift? No, 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 saddest no, things no, in no, your no, mind? No, like, you have lived a cushy life, my friend. No, no, no. Like, I remember reading oh. Amazon reviews of something where, uh... I was reading an Amazon review of uh, like a microphone that you plug in to just to, to uh, use for a karaoke okay. uh, de- Oof, like wow. video game. Yeah, your story Exciting. checks out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. <laughs> and there's a review of this. I was probably busy having sex or something. Where the <laughs> there's an Amazon oh, review of this, cool. <laughs> where the, uh, this woman, this grandmother, talks about how like um, she meant to buy. her her grandson a uh one of those like um speakers that you can talk into while you're playing like call of duty or some bullshit yeah so you can pwn people yeah exactly and uh the review of this is so sad like where she talks about how her grandson opened this and was disappointed because it wasn't the right thing and it's like Oh, grandma didn't understand. And I, I felt so, like my heart broke That's awful, reading yeah. this Amazon review. Like, it's just like, come it's on. It's no good getting old, you know. 
She's trying her <laughs> hardest. Yeah. This woman is trying her hardest. She's trying to bring you joy. Sure, she failed, but she's old. She doesn't know <laughs> yeah. what she's doing. She doesn't know. Like, for her, all video game speakers are the same fucking thing, you know? Who gives a shit? And the words grandma didn't understand <laughs> are, like, the most sad words you could read on the internet. I don't know. Well, maybe. They're among the saddest. It's, uh, it's sad enough that it has stuck with me, even though <laughs> I was neither the person who received this gift nor a grandmother in question. So did you buy that microphone? <laughs> I did buy that because I wanted a microphone for karaoke game. So I, I understood. That's so I, funny. I Let's, knew what I was I hope, I, hope, I hope her review brought down the average rating of that <laughs> microphone because she didn't understand. Well, look, I'm just going to say this. Relatives are going to give you bad gifts. It just happens. You say thank you, you yeah. return it, and you get something else. Yeah, for credit. Yeah, this is our fucking public service announcement to our listeners. You get a baby gun or something. <laughs> say thank you to your elderly relatives. There was a time recently when – I won't get into the details They won't be it. around that much longer. I'll, just I'll make them happy. I'll just change the yeah, details a little bit. Make them think like bit. they know everything there is about microphones for but video games. I'm not much of an actor. Sure, I've been sure. on TV a couple times, but <laughs> I received a gift. You may know him as Doodle Von Tainstein. <laughs> I received a gift not too long ago, a couple years ago, from a close relative that was the least thoughtful gift I think I've ever received from anyone, maybe. And this is from someone, a very close relative, someone who should know better. And I gave the best damn acting job of my life in pretending that I was really happy to receive this terrible gift and not, like, insulted to the core. So if I can do it, someone who's not a very good actor, then anybody can do it. So what we're saying is all of our listeners are jerks. <laughs> not all of them, just most of them. And us too. Yeah. Suck it up, guys. Come on. Seriously, yeah. though, grandma fuck that do- grandma, Grandma right? doesn't get it, man. Come on. It's cool. Yeah. So, uh, we're but anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks bummer, for writing huh? in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, why did you, did you give us that letter last? Well, there were, there were more, but we were running long, so I cut oh, okay. it short. Okay. Um, but anyway, thanks for writing in. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <coughs> Stay golden. Yeah. Even though you're an asshole, you're not an asshole in one thing. Your decision to listen to the flop. I'm sure he's not an asshole in many things. Yeah, That's I mean. that one thing. If anything, he's I mean, too maybe on- maybe two things. If anything, his fatal flaw is being too honest. And yeah. really, if you're going to have a flaw, that's one of the best ones. He's opening up in front of Flophouse Nation. I'm just really impressed by Grandma's double burn there. <laughs> Not just I like to copy. believe that the second one was a deliberate slam. <laughs> <laughs> the second DVD was like, oh, he was he didn't he was ungrateful the first time. Huh? Oh, well, he's getting this again. Fuck me, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> And grandma cool, wins. <laughs> oh, grandma! Checkmate, didn't... grandma! <laughs> grandma didn't understand. Yeah, right. <laughs> so anyway, no crime will go unpunished before she sticks like a stogie in her Seven mouth. <laughs> she takes out her cigarette and and puts it down on his arm. Yeah, the hungry rabbit jumps seven pounds. <laughs> Seven meows. So, what do we do now, Dan? What the fuck? Cat-themed musical? Yeah. So, yeah, what do we do now, Dan? Now's the part We go to sleep or the, something? No, now's the part of the podcast where we recommend a movie that we actually enjoyed in contrast to the uh, shit that we just shed on. Oh, okay. Why would... <laughs> First off, I'd like to recommend all the other great podcasts on the All Things Comedy Podcast Network. Like what, Stuart? Uh, oh, man, let me come up with some. Uh, Walking the Room. Let's not forget uh, Minivan Men. Yeah, mm-hmm. Minivan Men, Monday yeah. Morning Podcast. Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Uh, the Bone Zone, that's a new one. Mm-hmm. Baron Vaughn's something. Oh, that's great. Uh... Long shot, yeah. There's a shitload of them. Long They're shanks. all great. <laughs> Go to allthingscomedy.com for all of your comedy needs. Yeah, all things that are comedy are there. Literally all of the things, or all the things that are there are comedy. I think that's what it means. Or maybe it's a comedy version of the all thing, the Viking meeting house, sure. where they would democratically decide how the Vikings were going to be governed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The all thing. <laughs> Thanks for putting a punctuation point on that. <laughs> but um. So what do we do now, Dan? No, well, now, I guess, is when we talk about a film that we liked that uh, I'm going to go first. Recommend. I'm going to take the ball on this one, dude. Okay, ball's in your court. Okay. Run with it. Run so with it. Drive movie. down the court. I think you guys all know that I like movies. Dominate the paint. Okay. Yeah. 
So mm, how, sound like you. let me describe a movie to you and tell uh, you tell me if it sounds awesome. Okay, this better not be one of the three there, movies. You've now described there's a teacher, okay, and this teacher turns himself invisible, <laughs> oh, and it drives him crazy. He kills a guy with a submarine sandwich. <laughs> he jumps on a guy's head and smashes it. Would it's you a call movie this called guy a maniac. <laughs> what? Some kind of non-visible maniac? <laughs> It's actually called the Invisible Maniac. It's called the Unseeable Crazy Guy. <laughs> I don't think that encapsulates what the movie's about because he's also a teacher. Wait, how's so that? How, how so teacher? if you just said Crazy Guy, like Maniac makes him sound more like a teacher. No, it doesn't. And then he shoots this other Invisible makes him Guy sound with like a, a shotgun mansion. at the end. Wait, what? Spoiler alert. Oh, come on. You know you're going to see another Invisible Guy get killed when you go see the Invisible Maniac. So... Invisible Maniac. Or you could watch, uh, I think it's called Invisible, The Chronicles of Brian Knight, which is another movie about a guy who turns invisible. It's the sequel to the movie Mandroid. <laughs> so that's your that's your recommendation. Uh, or I don't know, go fucking watch Circuitry Man or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> so, Starring so, Vernon Wells. So your recommendation is Invisible Maniac, one of your old standbys, or Circuitry Man or some shit. <laughs> go watch uh go watch Split Second with Rutger Howard <laughs> really? where he plays the uh yeah. where he plays Rutger the t- <laughs> Stewart is like HBO at two in the morning just playing in your head all the time. Well Split- I just watch just watch some alien sh- knockoff shit like Split Second. Yeah. Split Second's great because that's the one where Rugger Hauer plays the detective, the hard boiled detective who's addicted to chocolates. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> So, just watch, uh, just watch Doll he, Man versus Demonic Toys or something. I've recommended that in earnest before. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying... Just watch Stephen King's The Langoliers I'm, or something. I'm, I'm not saying I don't love Split Second Strong Like Hour. I'm just saying if you're going to recommend it, recommend it with some conviction. For I God's think it's sake, great. man. Just watch fucking Life Force or something. Just right. random movies coming out of Stewart. I'll recommend... <laughs> you know what? Uh... <laughs> I was struggling. I with feel like Stewart just looks through the TV guide beforehand and goes, I'll just say Invisible Maniac and then a bunch of these. <laughs> Spies, lies, and naked thighs. That's what I recommend. What is that? I don't, it's a TV movie. Wait, what? I don't know that one. Um, you said it like we knew about it. <laughs> you said it as if we were all going to get that and then laugh at it. It's a TV movie from the 90s. About what? <laughs> it's like a weird like spy comedy. What's the TV movie where Tiffany Amber Thiessen, like loses her memory or something or someone gets killed and she needs to get revenge? I don't She's know. in a hot tub at one point. Hot tub revenge machine. I think that's what it is. It's well, a she, hot tub she's powered a, by She's revenge. a mandroid in that one. Mm-hmm. So... I've already done no, my I'm recommendation, recommend. assholes. Up to your, cho- your turn, Dan. Uh, oh, Stuart, you've done more than enough. You recommended like 18 <laughs> movies. So I was thinking about what to recommend. I'm going to recommend a movie directed by uh, Roger Donaldson, who directed tonight's film, uh, <laughs> which I've already forgotten what we watched. We watched Seeking Justice. Seeking so Justice. you're going rep- to recommend Dante's, in- Dante's Inferno, right? No. Uh, Roger was Donaldson it Dante's Peak? Was that, was it, what was directed it? a little movie called The Bank Job. With Jason Statham, if you want a nice, uh, low-key, gritty heist film starring uh, your friend and mine, Jason Statham. Yeah, that dude's jacked. (laughs) Then The Bank Job is a very enjoyable, just stripped-down heist film. They stripped down? Uh, It's like a naked heist film? Yeah. It's like Sexy Beast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, because they go swimming. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's my recommendation. So the bank job, huh? Yeah, the bank job. You're sticking with that one? Yeah, sure. Okay. I haven't seen a lot of movies lately, uh, but one I saw that I did enjoy. I didn't that uh It's from nineteen ten. It's from nineteen ten. <laughs> it's was, called uh... Edison Sneeze Test. <laughs> uh, it's from the Earth to the Bank Job. But I recently watched uh, a movie I had so I kinda surprised I'd never seen before, which was Reds with Warren Beatty. <laughs> That one bit he also directed, which I actually enjoyed a lot, and it's a movie that it's a movie about communists. Well, yeah, it's a movie about the early early twentieth century kind of socialist communist intelligentsia in America and their relationship with the Russian Revolution, and specifically reporter John Reed, who was an American radical reporter who went to Russia and I and witnessed the revolution firsthand, and then tried to get involved in it and became disillusioned with it. Uh, and it stars him and Diane Keaton 
and Jack Nicholson, and it's this big epic of a type that Hollywood doesn't quite do anymore the same way, and in some ways it's this very old-fashioned epic romance set on a historical scale and loosely based on a true story, and in some ways it's a very kind of risky uh, avant-garde movie in that he peppers the movie with real interviews with the actual people who were there at the time uh, and then intersperses that with with film scenes and sometimes has the audio from one bleed into the other. There are a couple of scenes that he does in a very interesting kind of super shorthand to get an idea across. And uh, for a three-hour movie, it moves pretty well. It drags a little bit at times, but uh, it moves really well. And uh, it's a good old-fashioned movie that it was made in the 80s, so like it's still in color and all that stuff, so you don't have to worry about that. And uh, if you ever want to see being their author, Jerzy Kosinski, in a movie, he's in it as the Soviet minister, Zinoviev. So, munchies. So, so munchies. No, reds. So, okay. reds, I would recommend. You're not recommending or, munchies. Or munchies. <laughs> and if we had more time, I would talk about how reds does a few things that I wish Lincoln had done. Uh, but we don't have time, so you'll just have to ponder that. But like interviews with people who are actually there. <laughs> well, that's I, that's one of the things I wish they could have done, but they can't. But like, like interviews with the vampire. Yeah. Well, just ways yeah, exactly like that, Dan. Ways in terms of making the uh, interview, <laughs> <laughs> uh, making the characters more characters than just impersonations of real historical figures, but also it does what Lincoln does well in a lot of ways, which is intermixing the ideas of a time with the events of a time in a dramatic way. It's a movie about. The ideas of how society can be reorganized and how that works or doesn't work. But there's also like a romance and adventure scenes and things like that. So it's like it, you're talking about Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter again? Or? No, no, not to, I'm talking oh, okay. about Red's Vampire Hunter. Oh, okay. So guys, no, the Lincoln you were talking about. You're uh, not talking about no, no, the Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, no, the Vampire Spielberg Hunter Lincoln, okay. that one. Spielberg Lincoln, the guy. Okay. <laughs> this is the last. Uh, it's the last flop the last house. Bits of it. Wait. Of 2012. We probably should have done like our best of 2012s or something like that. Uh, well, we'll do that in 2013. Okay, we'll do that in 2013. Yeah, you can't really take the flavor of a year until you're outside it. You know what I mean? Much like an enchilada. <laughs> it's very hard to take the flavor of an enchilada until you're outside of the enchilada. So you can eat it. Totally right. yeah. okay. If you're inside so of it, you're just... eating your way out, out of an enchilada. You're more terrified. You're more like worried about suffocating. Deliciously terrified. That. That's why it's called an enchilada. <laughs> well, I meant not even going to dignify that. You wake up. The thing is, you wake up. All you remember is going into the parking garage in the mall and feeling a, a bump on the back of your head. When you wake up, you're inside a giant enchilada. And Mexican Jigsaw is out there. <laughs> Would you like to play a game? <laughs> you have to eat your way out of this enchilada in five oh, minutes yeah. or eat your own leg, senor. Mm-hmm. It's called El Saw. Racist. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> for the flop ass. Well, on that note, uh, yeah, I've been Stuart Wellington. <laughs> I've been Dan McCoy. And as much as I try to change, I'm still Elliot Kalen. So, tune into the movie house. <laughs> no. Wait. No. So wrong. <laughs> Wait, so wrong. Wait, is that how we're signing off now? <laughs> Good night, everyone. Right. So, what? Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> I think Dan has <laughs> to start a podcast. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna give us the count. I'm gonna give us the count von count in three. Enough of your jokes. Two. <laughs>